<sighs> Girl, we gotta talk. <laughs> oh gosh. So, Matt Patricia, really? Okay. Really? Okay, so all six of our listeners from episode one, they all hate me. They all wish to see me arrested for my Matt Patricia related uh, crimes, apostasy. And frankly, I would like, to, uh, I have prepared a statement to, again, all six of the people who listened to episode one. Um, <laughs> and just, I would like to defend my methodology and oh, no. defend myself stating Matt Patricia is hot, which I actually don't think is true. I think that I think Matt Patricia could get it. I don't think those are the same thing. Okay, um, okay, okay. So that is... Okay, that's a little different, but it's still... We're still teetering on the brink of... Uh, what the fuck? So, I guess... A few things. First of all, it's always big boy season. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna stake that ground out right here. We like a big boy over here. And other than that, the beard does it for me. His, like, constant pissed-off glower. Like, he, he looks like your aggrieved like social studies teacher who is just trying to get through a fucking lecture and the kids in the back of the room just won't stop looking at the damn snapchat and he's just like so he's just like so at the end of his rope like all the time and frankly, okay so okay but ha what the fuck does this have to do with you wanting to fuck him like just the glower is hot i don't think matt patricia is a good person like he's very clearly a bad football coach uh, yeah. I probably would not like spending actual time with him, and the reason why he has this constant, like, glare to him is that he's an idiot who thinks that that's, he can just, like, force this, like, fake air of aggression and meanness onto people, like, all that, I, I'm not attracted to Matt Patricia the person, but if you put a big guy in a beard with a pencil behind his ear and he's, like, glowering at me, like, okay, like, I'm there, but that's totally disconnected from, like, Matt Patricia, the human being who is a football coach and, like, pays his taxes and stuff. Yeah. So, I get that. I get that. And I get the beard, too. Um, you posted a Twitter thread the other day where, like, I don't know what it was about Blaine Gabbert in that, but, like, holy shit. Oh, um, my God. Maybe I should incorporate that photo of Blaine Gabbert into our show art somehow. Or maybe, or, um, <laughs> I don't know, like... Maybe I should, like, link it in our show notes, but oh my god. There is a photo from the 2019 preseason when Blaine Gabbert is uh, with the Buccaneers, but it's very pre-Tom Brady Blaine Gabbert. And it's a photo taken, I believe, after he got injured. And he's just... He looks like Dirtbag Adonis. Like, in this moment and in no other moment, Blaine Gabbert is, like, the sexiest man alive. Absolutely. Like, see, I agree with you on that one, at least, because... It's the tongue. It's the tongue. It, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, 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 I wasn't sure how long we were going to like tiptoe around that, but yeah, it is. I think the tuck rule is, is a crock of <laughs> personally. Okay. <laughs> Too bad you guys screwed that tuck rule up. That one doesn't count. Huh? Huh? Over with. Come on now. You never get over that. That'll be ever. scarred forever. That'll be on his headstone. Let's get ready to tuck rule. <laughs> oh gosh. That was worse okay. than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, hey. hey, Katie, what's up? 
Hey, Victoria. I am back here at the Tuck Rule at the Tuck Rule headquarters, which there are no headquarters. It's just my house, but whatever. Tuck Rule HQ, uh, which is hidden in the Rocky Mountains, undetectable via Google Maps. Only NORAD knows our location. So, Katie, I have a question for you. From our secret Rocky Mountain headquarters, how much preseason did you watch? God, I think I watched like three quarters of the Titans game and like the highlights from some games, and then that was about it. So, yeah, not much. That might be more than I watched altogether. Uh, I certainly didn't watch any highlights. I watched most of the Bills game. I was at work, though. I saw Davis Webb look like a complete dipshit out there. And I think that really preseason kind of sucks as a viewing product. The only thing that really gives it redeeming value, in my opinion, is that we get to check in on some beloved college football players who maybe don't always have the most NFL-ready skill sets, I would say. I wonder who you could be talking about. (laughs) That's a great question. So today, because talking about preseason and seriousness is kind of tiresome, I have prepared a game based on our conversation at the end of episode one in which we spoke about the whereabouts of Jake Fromm, Davis Webb, and Sam Ellinger. I thought it would be fun to maybe uh, do a quick survey, revisit some of our favorite college football players who uh, are almost certainly not going to have wild, crazy, successful pro careers for whatever reason. Uh, And I prepared a quiz because Katie's more of a college football fan than I (laughs) I have 16 former notable college football players in front of me. Some of them are currently on NFL rosters. This is all current as of Tuesday, August 17th. Uh, I had to make some changes to the quiz literally three hours ago because KJ Costello got cut and I had to remove him from the quiz in case you want to know like the profile of guy that we're going to be talking about here. I have 16 players and uh, we're going to run it down. I have four groups of four that are vaguely themed. Round one is the that guy division. These are quarterbacks who uh, never played for teams that were going to compete for a national championship, but might have brought their teams to heights that they might not have, that they might not be accustomed to. First off, we have former Syracuse quarterback, Eric Dungy. Uh, Oh, Lord. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I really wanted to start off with someone who really like exemplified the profile of player that I was looking for when I built this quiz. Uh, Eric Dungy, who led Syracuse to their only notable season of my entire life. Katie, is Eric Dungy currently employed by an NFL football team? Eric Dungy is probably the kind of guy who would be employed by like some fucking German team somewhere, so I'm gonna (laughs) say no. I have bad news for you. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Eric Dungy (laughs) lurks as quarterback four, I believe, competing with Kyle Shermer for quarterback three on the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, that franchise is fucked anyways, but... Yeah. So, Eric Dungy was signed by the Giants after the 2019 draft. He was not selected, believe it or not. Then he spent some time with the Browns that year as well. Uh, He signed with the Dallas Renegades of the XFL after Landry Jones got injured, in case you really just want to throw some more guys into the mix. (laughs) And he was signed by the Bengals in May to compete with other notable guy and someone who almost made it onto this quiz, Kyle Shermer. Unfortunately, you are 0 for 1, but we're going to move on. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to get you above 500 here. Uh, number two, Arizona quarterback Khalil Tate. He needs no introduction if you've ever like followed college football. 
he was absolutely incredible for exactly like half a season, and then Kevin Sumlin ruined it. So is Khalil Tate currently on an NFL roster? Hmm. I'm going to say yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is Are like you? the most. This. This one was like. I almost put Quentin Flowers onto this quiz, but the fact that he isn't on a team was, like, too heartbreaking to bear. And I almost took Khalil Tate off of it for, for, like, the same reason. But, no, Khalil Tate, unfortunately, was signed by the Eagles after the 2020 draft as a wide receiver. He spent a year... Actually, he got waived before last year's training camp and then was signed again this offseason and was waived again in June. So Khalil Tate is currently not employed by an NFL team. Yeah, I I can see that. When you said, like, Kevin Sumlin ruined him, I don't think you can quite get across just how badly his career was mismanaged because what they basically did at Arizona was they basically took the guy who is this amazing runner and said, you can't run, you have to stay in the pocket. Well, he wasn't that great of a pocket passer, so he looked like shit for that season, and, oh, Lord, I guess... yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out for him in the long term. So, yeah. I think I'm hopeful that he can bounce back and yeah. like, latch onto another team. I feel like he could definitely be a running back or wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. No problem. Like, when I when I said yeah, I was, like, assuming, like, he's on some practice squad somewhere as, like, a wide receiver because he was just that athletic. But yeah. apparently not. So, actually, uh, I just realized that by pure happenstance, our third contender very famously played against Khalil Tate uh, in their last year in college, and that's Hawaii quarterback Cole McDonald. Yet another incredible guy to remember brought Nick Rolovich's Hawaii closer to relevance than Hawaii has been post-Colt Brennan, RIP. So is Cole McDonald on an NFL roster? Hmm. Yes. I'm so sorry. Motherfucker! Okay, this one is equally as unfair. He was drafted by the Titans. Seventh round pick last year. Drafted by the Tennessee Titans. And he was cut, like, one week into training camp. That never happens to drafted players, and I have no idea what happened there. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, let me let me kind of preface this by saying, I, I think people are wondering, like, like, how much NFL do you watch, Katie? And... The answer is, I watch a lot of it, but I don't pay attention a lot during the offseason. Whatever happens between, say, April and August, I don't know, it's a fucking black hole. That is, I think, the the most healthy way to approach following the NFL, because there's a real dead zone there. But um, Cole McDonald signed with the Cardinals in February, and Cliff cut him loose in May for some godforsaken reason. I have a feeling he'll be back. Um... I hope he's back, because he was so fun at Hawaii. Okay, oh gosh. candidate number four. We're going to get you above 500 eventually. You, you fucking better. Number four, the last quarterback in the that guy round, is Virginia quarterback Kurt Benkert. Notable for transferring from, I think, ECU, having a whole lot of tattoos, and for being really cool for, for uh, the Cavaliers' uh, godforsaken football program. Is Kurt okay, Benkert so, employed? So that guy seems like the type of dude who would be employed. You're correct. Oh, Congratulations. am I? Yeah. Shit. I got one on the board. Look at me. So uh, Kurt was signed by the Falcons after the 2018 draft, and he spent three years there. Never played a snap. I think he was active for one game because 
Matt Schaub was hurt or had COVID or something last year. But yeah, uh, in at some point this offseason, he signed with the Packers. And that's where he currently is, hanging out with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Good for you, Kurt. Could be a worse career path. Absolutely. For, for sure. Especially because he spent enough time around like Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers at this point that he can probably sell himself as, like, I've learned from yeah. all these guys. Yeah, like, he, he was under their tutelage, which, I mean, he was. It's just... So, onwards to round two. You're currently one and three. That's okay, though, because round I'm, two... I'm like... I'm like the leader. I'm like the leader of the NFC East after four weeks. Exactly. Like that's where. That's where I am right now. So round two, Texas is back. Oh, so this <laughs> this division came together entirely by accident, in which I just well, I was like running through depth charts and like pulling notable players. I realized that I was getting lots of players who were involved in that very infamous Texas Notre Dame 2016 game. Ah yes. Back, back when everyone thought that both of those programs were going to do something. That yes. was a very good game that ended up being a nothing burger as far as consequences go. Exactly, so, yeah. which that is my favorite kind of game. No consequences, just players who will not have fruitful NFL careers doing dope shit. Like, that's perfect. So, I have four players from that game here for you. First off is SMU quarterback Shane Bouchelle, who started for Texas in that game. Shane Bouchelle, uh, who had a fruitful career at SMU in the Sunny Dykes offense after he left Texas. Is Shane Bouchelle on an NFL roster? Hmm. Hmm. My guess is yes. You are correct. Yes! Shane Bouchelle somehow played college football as late as last year and was signed by the Chiefs this year, um, after the 2021 draft in which he was sadly not chosen, he is competing for quarterback three with someone else who almost made this quiz, which is Anthony Gordon. So they get to hang out with Patrick Mahomes over in Kansas City. I think that's a pretty good gig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think Mahomes is ever going to go down or anything. I mean, but yeah. God forbid he does. You know. Do you know who the Chiefs backup is right now? <sighs> it used to be Tyler Bray. I used to know that. But I don't think it is anymore because Bray retired. So I don't know at the moment. Okay. Uh, it's Chad Henney. How? How is he, that motherfucker still in the league? He got, like, crucial playing time in the AFC Divisional Playoffs last year when Mahomes got hurt. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bills fans thought for, like, three days there that we might play Chad Henney in the AFC Championship game. That was, like, a legitimate thing that we thought might happen. Oh, boy. Anyway, staying in the Texas' back division, we're moving on to just in, just a guy with an all-time name. Even saying that might make you realize who I'm talking about. I'm talking about wide receiver Lil Jordan Humphrey. Very famously, uh, two years after the Texas-Notre Dame game, would catch a game-winning touchdown against Texas Tech. That was extremely dope. But, uh, yeah, Lil Jordan Humphrey had a nice career for himself there down in Austin. Is he currently on an NFL roster? He seems like the kind of guy that would be a CFL guy. So I'm going to say no. I have bad news for you. And good news oh. for Lil Jordan. He's currently employed by the New Orleans Saints. He signed there after 2019, and he has done absolutely nothing since signing there. So he's living the good life. He's hanging out on practice yeah. squads. I literally didn't even know he was on the fucking roster there. Like, well, obviously, since I just failed the fucking quiz. But, like, <laughs> I mean, they never use him, and they use... 
I mean, and like, they're so famous for using like nearly every party, so I was like, I don't know. Oof, okay, little Jordan Humphrey. You are now two and four. We're moving on to the other quarterback of the Texas Notre Dame 2016 game, and that would be Deshaun Kaiser, uh, who was very good for Notre Dame for a few years there. Is Deshaun Kaiser currently on an NFL roster? No. Okay, you are correct. You answered that with authority, and can I ask why? Because I saw a news item a few days ago that he had been cut. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, so I knew, so like, that was the one, like, I knew, like, so, yeah. Perfect. Deshaun Kaiser, uh, drafted by the Browns, infamously, was forced at gunpoint, presumably, by Hugh Hugh Jackson (laughs) to play the 0-16 season. Not fair. Absolutely got screwed. Traded to Green Bay after a year. Spent the last two years with the Raiders and got beaten out by Nate Peterman for the last quarterback slot there. Oh, in case no. you want to know how oh. things are going for him. Oh, no. Please please don't mention Nate Peterman. <sighs> Nate Peterman was almost part of this quiz. He is gamefully employed by the Las Vegas Raiders and probably I know. I See, like, I know that. Okay. Strangely. So, yeah. Trust me, as a Bills fan, I like to know where he is at all times, so I know how close he is to me. Yeah. Deshaun Kaiser cut by the... Cut by the Titans literally like a week and a half ago. So yeah, he'll probably so, land somewhere else too. Yeah, so that's the only reason I probably fucking knew. On to question number eight here. This is the wild card of the Texas is back category. The man who scored the famous game-winning touchdown for Texas, quarterback slash offensive weapon Tyrone Stoops. No, Tyrone Swoops. Sorry, Tyrone. That was really rude of me. Tyrone Swoops, Texas quarterback. Is he currently on an NFL roster? Oh, gosh. Why do I feel like he'd be the kind of guy that you convert to tight end? Like, he just, he feels like that guy. Um, hmm. I'm going to say no. You had it. You had it, and you let it slip right through your fingers. Really? Tyrone Swoops is is a tight end for the Washington football team. I am very sorry, Katie. Uh, He spent (laughs) three years with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, His NFL stats currently... Uh, he has two catches for 28 yards. Not doing too bad. Uh, this is his fifth season in the league. He spent some time with the Eagles last year, and yeah, now he is a member of the Washington football team. So Tyrone Swoops, gainfully employed. Deshaun Kaiser, no. Uh, okay, we're moving along to round three. Braver than the troops. I took the category name from two of the players here, and the other two are merely thematically linked. But number nine, question nine, Malcolm Perry, former Navy quarterback, uh, who is just incredible for Navy. One of the, like, infinite cool guys that they can just, like, spawn to have, like, 60 rushing touchdowns in a, like, four-year starting career there. Is Malcolm Perry currently on an NFL roster? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say yes. Just Hell, hell yeah. At- Malcolm Perry was drafted as a wide receiver by the Miami Dolphins last year. He actually played a little last year because of some injuries. So he has nine catches for 92 yards and one touchdown. He is position mates with Miami Dolphins wide receiver Lynn Bowden. Ah, yes. Kentucky single wing quarterback back in 2019. Lynn Bowden put up like one of the most, like, it's so cool that Miami snagged Malcolm Perry and Lynn Bowden, like from the same year. They went out and got like two just like primo guys. So good for you, Miami. Next up, we have Malcolm Perry's predecessor at Navy. Keenan Reynolds, who might still hold the Division One rushing touchdown record. I know he broke it while he was at Navy. I don't know if he still has it, but uh, 
is Keenan Reynolds currently employed by an NFL team? Okay, so here's what I know about Keenan Reynolds. He was a small guy, so obviously, you know, option quarterbacks aren't going to play quarterback in the NFL. But he was, like, really small. I know that. I think he was, like, 5'11", which, you know, you can make that into a receiver. But I don't know if he necessarily had... I'm not sure if he ever had an NFL skill set, so I'm going to say no. You are correct. So you are now 500. You've yes. dragged yourself to 5-5. Five and five. Keenan Reynolds uh, spent three years bouncing around the league, actually. Good for him. Uh, he spent one year with the Ravens, one year with Washington football team, and one year with Seattle. He did also spend um, a season in the XFL with the Seattle Dragons. Um, yeah. So this one might be the easiest one on the board. I threw it on there just for fun. This definitely means I get it wrong. Former Houston quarterback Greg Ward. Yes, because I had him on my fantasy team. I think last year, because I was in a, I was in a sixteen-team league last year, and God, like it was slim pickings. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this was, I think, like the gimme more than anything. But Greg Ward spent two years with the Eagles as a wide receiver coming out of Houston. God, he was awesome at at Houston for those like two years he started there. Just doing awesome shit with uh, Ed Oliver over there. Man, Tom Herman was cool. Remember when he was good? And then yeah, remember when he yeah. was bad? You know, I mean, I still remember when they blew the fuck out of Florida State that one year and then beat Oklahoma to start, uh, I think it was 2016. I remember there was serious talk about Houston. Like, if they go undefeated, they should make the playoff. Yeah, they were like ranked six. And yeah. like, they, it could have happened. I have a secret side question here that doesn't count towards... Okay. Um, where is Tom Herman right now? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I, you know, <laughs> I totally memory hold him after he got fired. Like, he is in a total memory hole. He feels like the kind of guy who would go to the NFL as like, some, as like a running game analyst or something. So you're close enough that I'm going to give you credit. Tom Herman is currently employed by the Chicago Bears as offensive analyst sl- slash special projects. So he's got some special projects going. If that's if like if if that's what you're into, he he's got some projects. You just hit him up about those. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He's doing. I think that means he just hangs out with Matt Nagy. Yeah, I think I don't know what an analyst does. I I presume they just to analyze like game film and just say okay, well here's what your tendencies are and here's what other teams might be looking for, like that sort of thing. Like that's what I assume he does, but I have no idea. Okay. Question 12. This would be former Auburn quarterback Nick Marshall. National championship game participant Nick Marshall. Mm. Is he currently on an NFL roster? Okay, he has to be a receiver somewhere, so I'm going to say yes. Nick Marshall is currently employed by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the, of the Canadian Football League. Motherfucker! <laughs> you, you said employed, and I was like, yes! And then... Unfortunately, he is a cornerback for the Rough Riders. He tried to make it work in the league for like two years. Spent some time with the uh, Gus Bradley Jags. Spent some time with the Todd Bowles Jets. Spent a season with the Arizona Rattlers, I believe, of an arena league. He's spent three years now up in in Canada. I think he's doing pretty well if he's held down his job for three years. So good for you, Nick Marshall. Keep on balling. On to round four. It just means more. These are four Um, SEC players that I couldn't squeeze anywhere else. Up first, former Mississippi State quarterback Nick Fitzgerald. I believe that was the last quarterback that Dan Mullen ever coached at Mississippi State. Why do I think... Why? I feel like yes. I'm just going to say yes. I apologize. 
Nick Fitzgerald is not currently gainfully employed by an NFL team. He was signed by the Bucks after the draft. He spent training camp there. He was cut. And then he spent a little time with the St. Louis Battlehawks of uh, the oh. of the XFL. Yeah, that's the XFL. So you're currently 6-7. and seven. You have a chance to finish above 500 here. Question 14. Gotta be, be clutch. Listen, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. Danny Etling, former LSU quarterback. I believe he transferred from Purdue originally, but... He was the, like, last bad LSU quarterback before we got Joe Burrow. Is Danny Etling currently employed by an NFL team? Okay, so I know he was employed by an NFL team. My guess is he is somewhere. Yes. So, yes. Danny Etling was signed, like, a week and a half ago by the Minnesota Vikings because of their COVID nonsense. And they have not, they've seemingly forgot about him. He's just sort of, like, worked (laughs) his way up into the walls. And uh, he remains. So he was drafted by the Patriots in 2018, I believe. Uh, one year later, they gave up on him, and they tried to make him a wide receiver. That didn't work. They waived him. The Falcons scooped him up, and they made him a quarterback again. Allegedly, he was a Seattle Seahawk last year. Allegedly, there's no way that anyone can actually prove that, unless, like, Danny Etling comes on the podcast and tells me. But, yeah, currently a Minnesota Viking. Who knows for how much longer. As of this morning, he was he's a Minnesota Viking. So good for you, Danny Etling. Onwards to, gosh, is he the only running back on this list? Bo Scarborough was originally on it, but he got cut today also. Uh, But Elijah Holyfield, former Georgia running back, is Elijah Holyfield currently employed by an NFL team? I remember he... God. He's one of those guys I just... mm, I'm gonna say no. I have really bad news. Oh, Jesus. You are now 7-8. and Elijah Holyfield is a running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he was signed by the Panthers after 2019, and since then he's been with the Eagles. The thing about him was that I think he was meant to be drafted, and then like in like the pre-draft process, I think he ran like a 4-8. I remember him, like, you know, and the thing about Georgia is like they have like 15 fucking running backs, and all of them are pretty much the same guy. So like, I remember him, but he doesn't really stand out that much to me compared to some of the others they've had in the last few years so definitely i feel like he's notable for his last name primarily but elijah holyfield you made it onto this quiz because bo scarborough is not employed and that made me sad last one question number 16 you you tipped me off earlier that you know the answer to this but i wanted to bring the house down with tyler bray okay i don't think he's on an nfl roster anymore this is former Tennessee quarterback Tyler Bray uh, for yes. the audience, in case you don't know who he is. Yes, I I have to like I've shared it before on Twitter, but I have to share like his back tattoo because it is genuinely the worst thing I have ever seen on like it is. No matter how bad of a tattoo you, the audience, might think you have, his is worse. So <laughs> this is this is like new Tyler Bray lore to me. Like I did not know that he had a super embarrassing back tattoo. This is great, but yeah. you're right, Tyler Bray. His long NFL sojourn has finally come to an end. It seems for those who don't know or who maybe only like saw him like pop up last year for the bears and went like wait what the fuck tyler bray was how would you describe him at tennessee granted it was a while ago but how would you describe him there tyler bray was always like this really skinny dude he 
you know, he was like 6'6". I don't even think he was 200 pounds when he first came in. He had a really good arm. He was like a four or five star quarterback coming in. Um, he wasn't the smartest guy. Like there was like, I'm trying to remember how this story exactly played out, but there's a story about him like 4 a.m. like beer bottles just from his apartment balcony. I'll have to go back and look at it to make sure I'm 100% correct. You know, that was kind of what he was known for. He was a dumb guy, but he didn't rock the boat too much. So I yeah. guess you can kind of see why he had a long NFL career as a backup. It's just Tyler Bray was signed as an undrafted free agent in 2013 by Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. That was Reid's first year there. So Bray comes in with first year Andy Reid. And he stays there for five years. Not only does he stay there for five years, but he's never more than, like, QB3 in that entire time. Just, yeah. he's just, like, I guess he's just, like, a nice guy who's, like, who's not willing to, like, ever step out of line. So he was just kept around for five seasons despite doing nothing and just, like, just sitting on the practice squad. And then when Matt Nagy gets hired by the Chicago Bears, he follows him there and does another three years' time there. This guy, for an eight-year NFL career, attempted six passes. If that isn't it, like, if that isn't like the fucking dream, I don't know. Yeah, what it is. like that. Like that is literally like the average person's ideal career is probably something like that. Somehow Tyler Bray sticking around forever just like flew under my radar completely until like I think he he was forced into action last year. I think it was on like Monday night or something. He had to yeah. go in for, like, the last drive. And that's when yeah. everyone was like, wait, what the fuck? Tyler Bray is still in the NFL? I think even I was a little surprised that he was still in the NFL because I was like, oh, he got cut from the Chiefs. I don't know where the fuck he went. And then everybody was like, oh, he's with the Bears now. Oh, and he's playing on Monday night. I was like, what the fuck? Just an absolute legend. Yeah. Absolute king. Also, according to his college football reference page, which I looked up just for fun, he attempted three punts in his time at Tennessee. Yeah, I think, yeah, Dooley liked to do, like, short punts every now and again. I don't know. It was one of the few parts about Derek Dooley's tenure I actually remember. Thank God. God, just that a Derek Dooley Tennessee quarterback was in the league up until, like, nine months ago. is just blood-curdling to, like, really think about. <laughs> as blood-curdling as it is for you, for me, it's just, like, how? Yeah, how did, I, the, I how did this abomination happen? Like, As previously established, though... This podcast supports players collecting the bag. So, honestly, Absolutely. standing fucking ovation to Tyler Bray for managing to drag an eight-year NFL career out of, like, a middling, like, stint at Tennessee. Absolute king. It just goes to show you, um, if you're friends with Andy Reid, like, Tyler Bray's probably going to be, like, a quarterback coach for, like, the Bears starting next year. He's going to be co-workers I with Tom Herman, which is a, it's just a great sentence to say out loud. It doesn't, well, yeah, it doesn't make sense to say, but... Well, you have gone 8-8 eight and eight in my survey of notable guys, and given that you successfully projected Tom Herman to the NFL, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, you won. Congratulations. Yay! Look at me! Hell yeah. Even with the gimmies of Greg Ward and Tyler Bray. Hell yeah. Okay, we did it. yes, but still, I won, so... Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Now that our uh, planned game for this episode is spent, yeah, like actual football happened this week. I don't know how much of it we want to talk about, so I wanted to throw it to you. 
So, I wanted to talk about Urban Meyer for a minute because of, you can guess what the fuck I saw on social media on Saturday, which was Tim Tebow absolutely whiffing a block. And he whiffed, like, multiple ones. But, for me, I guess I wanted to talk about Urban Meyer a little bit just because I think, I think people who are involved with the NFL more don't really get like why it's just so fucking weird that he is an NFL head coach like and it's not because he wasn't successful as a college coach I mean he's got one of the highest winning percentages in college football history I think he's at something like he's something like over 85 percent like like this dude rebuilds programs like nobody else's business in college so from that perspective like you can kind of see why but at the same time, I think it's weird that the Jags hired this guy given his last season in 2018. Um, if you're not familiar, his personal friend was also his wide receivers coach by the name of Zach Smith. And Zach Smith was a total shitbag who ended up, he ended up being outed as a domestic abuser. And obviously the press got wind of it and said, hey, what the fuck? Why do you have this guy employed? Urban was very defensive about it, very defensive, and then he eventually fired him, and then eventually he quote-unquote retired. I think after after that season, I think we all thought like, oh, well, he's just angling for the USC job when Clay Helton gets fired, which that has oh. not happened yet. Oh, boy. When the Jacksonville Jaguars hired him, it was very strange to me because he's not a saving guy in terms of his style, but he's a very, he, he's kind of a hard-nosed coach. I mean... I mean, this may, uh, they had problems, basically, with violating the NFL's contact rules, which, you know, that's obviously a big no-no. Yeah, uh, 200, yeah, $200,000 worth of problems, which, and that wasn't even, like, the first thing that he fucked up. Like, I mean, he hired Chris Doyle as his yeah. street coach. Yeah. I was about to say that, like, it's just, like, I cannot imagine how like tone deaf you have to be to hire that guy like after what yeah after like what the year 2020 was yeah you can see that like urban's not used to anybody even being willing to like tell him no in like any circumstance that he thought that he could just get away with it and that he could just brute force it basically says okay well i'm just gonna hire this guy even though he was fired at iowa for being this basically this racist abusive piece of shit like that's that's what he did and that's what he got released for you have all this and you have this environment in jacksonville where they went one in 15 last year and obviously like they had a lot of cap space this year i don't think that they retained too many guys from that roster because you know why would you when trevor lawrence goes to this environment where you have this coach who i wouldn't say nepotism per se but like he's very loyal to his people he likes having his friends around Yes, absolutely. And I think I think he hired Chris Ash and I can't remember who else as part of his staff. You know, I actually think that's fine. I mean, most coaches do that anyways, but so we get to Tim Tebow. You know, and we see and we see that video where he's just clearly out of his element, which, you know, I think Irvin kind of saved face today by releasing him, but it's like we said earlier, he likes having his friends around and I think I don't even think Tebow should have been given the opportunity to like convert to tight end because I mean he's clearly past it he's 34 years old so it raises a lot of questions to me I guess about the viability of this project that they're trying to undertake in Jacksonville 
it's just such an odd fit. And I think a lot of it, too, I think of a lot of the reason that Jacksonville wanted him, too, is he was Florida's head coach, and Gainesville is, like, literally like a county or two away down the road. They wanted him to do this. They wanted him to rebuild this team. I think it's a good idea in the short term because I think it will increase the interest in the team, but I think in the long term, it's probably not going to work out. I just don't think that Urban is not a pro coach. Just in definitely not. For me, like I think that if you look at why certain college coaches like can't make the jump, it's that they're is it's that like they're just total tyrants. Also, the other thing about Urban, other than the fact that he's like a petty tyrant, is that like people always make the joke that like he very conveniently retires due to his like various like um, I believe it's a heart issue. Um, uh, yes, it's a heart issue, and he also has, like, a brain cyst. So, the joke is that whenever he wants to get out of somewhere, he'll just, like, cite health concerns, and then he'll disappear, and then he'll pop up somewhere else and take a new job, right? That's a real health concern? Like, yes, absolutely. And Urban Meyer left Florida the first time because he couldn't handle, like, losing in any way. And, like, yeah. he just, he, he, like, got way too worked up, he got way too stressed, and, like, the Jaguars aren't about to win more than 10 games out here. Like, I'd be shocked if they... If the Jaguars went, like, 7 and 10, holy shit. Like, that's, like, big-time improvement. Yes. And I feel like I'm definitely not the first person. Like, this is not, like, novel analysis to suggest that, like, this might be a problem for him. But, like, dear God, if, like, stress is, like, that big of an issue for him, like, this could be bad. Oh, yeah. We talk, like, we talk about how college, like, how brutal the SEC media is. Well, I mean, it's not anything compared to the NFL media, I don't think, because it's everywhere and it's all the time. You know, and the SEC is too, but you have a, you have a little bit of a respite in the offseason. Like, you don't, you don't get hounded as much, but in the NFL, you're getting hounded 365 days a year. I just don't think that he can handle it for that long. Like, I see this as maximum like i think he coaches two years and says fuck it that's what i think yeah happens. i feel like a lot of what the jags have been doing in terms of the decisions to sign certain players obviously we're not talking about trevor lawrence here trevor lawrence is a excellent long-term quarterback prospect to have like no one's no one's being untoward here but like if we're just talking in terms of like other decisions they're making they don't seem very long-term to me like no. Hiring Urban Meyer as he is and knowing his history and knowing his health problems is, like, it's it just doesn't make sense for, like, trying to develop Trevor Lawrence as, like, no. you know, like, a normal pro quarterback, right? And combine that with the fact that, like, the Jaguars already had a perfectly good running back that they just found. Like, they just found James Robinson. Yeah. And oh, then God. they immediately signed Carlos Hyde, spent a first-round pick on Travis Etienne, and granted... I know that what Urban says to media is bullshit, but, like, saying that, like, Travis Etienne is, like, the third down back, it's like, what on earth? Like, what is going on here? Like, this isn't college, man. Like, you can't do that bullshit. I'm just fascinated by the Jags and what they will be. Like, I am very... I feel like it's going to go one of two ways, which is that they're either going to be, like, a total freak show or they're going to be so normal that, like, you forget how weird they are. Yeah. Like, that... that Like, that... They're just going to turn into a, like, perfectly acceptable 6-11 and 11 football team with, like, a promising <laughs> young quarterback. And, like, Urban is just, like, normal. I yeah, don't know. I, 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 just, I have a very yeah, hard time seeing it. 
Yeah, I can't see it either because that's that's never been how he is. Like, there's no, there's no Urban Meyer team that escapes that escapes that sort of degree of weirdness. I guess like Ohio State, they hired Ryan Day, who is I think he was like their offensive coordinator in yes. Urban's last year. The team just you never like it's normal now like you don't hear all the the commotion is not as much like they're still just as good but the weirdness is kind of gone from them and i think with jacksonville they're going to experience very quickly just like how weird things can get with urban as the head man i i just for me i just don't see it working any longer than like two years i'll be very interested to see it though like i'll i will probably watch more jags games than I ever have before, which is admittedly not a very high bar. You know, yeah, it's it's not clearing a high bar. So, uh, I think we've more or less talked about Urban Meyer as much as either of us can stomach, uh, for today at least. There is literally one other thing that happened this weekend in the NFL that we want to talk about, and uh, we're oh god, we're gonna talk about a fight. Oh god. We're gonna talk about a fight. Oh yeah. Um, part of having fans back in the stadium. Uh, for the upcoming season whether that's wise or not i'll leave up to the people making the decisions it's not it's not don't do it but the chargers and rams uh have had a preseason game in their shared horrifying looking stadium that costs like 80 bajillion dollars and some fans have gotten into a bit of a scrape in the stands do you want to take it away just a touch so i feel like to set this up this one guy is in an Aaron Donald jersey, and, like, there are three guys around him, like, who are just... He's, like, shit-talking them. I can't... To be honest with you, the video from the other angle is funnier, and I'll get to why in a second. Definitely. But, definitely. So, so, this guy comes in. He's shit-talking, like, you know, I mean, they're drunk, probably. Like, it's... It's macho... It's macho man day, like, that sort of thing. Like, they're into it. So, what he challenges I... these challenges these three guys like he's just sitting there like what what you know what i think is fascinating about this exchange is that usually in these fights we see like partisan divide between different fan bases in this particular incident this is one guy in an aaron donald jersey versus the world no one absolutely no one near him thinks that he is in the right he is surrounded by chargers and rams fans who want to do him ill the fight is kicked off in the most unlikely of ways. Okay, so there's a lady behind them, and you can kind of, in the in the original fight video, you can kind of see her lurking behind, but the other angle shows her taking someone's drink and just like throwing it over her shoulder like it's a fucking wedding bouquet. So good. And hitting this yeah, like hitting this guy right in the you know hitting this dude, and this dude just like. He goes off. I think oh, God. I think what's so good about this is that, like, in the week where the Malice at the Palace documentary dropped, two fights with the same exact origin point of someone standing in the back, chucks a fucking drink. And not only that, but because she's behind people and because, you know, she's a lady, she throws the drink, she kicks shit off, she suffers no consequences, and she just, like... None. The actual fight itself, it's just, like... Aaron Donald Jersey just windmilling fists at everyone near him and everyone else having a similar lack of finesse. Just like this is this fight is just an absolute like no one here is any good at fighting. I could take any of these people. 
Me too. I mean, I could too. I mean, it was like, it was like, we have like a local minor league hockey team here. It was like one of those fights where like, they're just trying to like get the shirt over, but like, they're not really that experienced at fighting. Yep. They're just trying to like hit each other in like a vague, like they're vaguely trying to hit the other person, but they can't really do it because they can't really aim their punches presumably because they're drunk and presumably also because they can't fight so what ends up happening is this guy ends up i think sort of leaning into a punch and like these three dudes like pull him by the jersey which is now over his head at this point yes but not off yes they pull him over the next row of seats and just start like wailing on his ass, like soft, just, like start... softly wailing on him is, I think, how yes. I would describe it. They're just like wailing on his back. I mean, they're not even like trying to go for the head or anything. It's just like this is vaguely what fighting looks like in a PlayStation Two game. Like that's the best way to describe it for me. Like this is what this is what you get in a PlayStation Two wrestling game, where the hit boxes are not refined at all. Absolutely. To me, this is. Everyone in this fight, um, except for one person that I would like to talk about in just a moment, but everyone else, it's just, yep, playing a fighting game I don't know that well, and I'm just spamming buttons. I'm just like, punch, 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 punch. It's, it's really, like, because there are so many just ineffectual punches that are, that are doing more harm to the person throwing the punch than the Aaron Donald bejerseyed man who is receiving them. Except for... The one guy who's off-screen because he's, like, at the same level as the person holding the camera, who does a flying kick and just kicks this guy straight in the ass. <laughs> like, this, like, that kick to me is what, like, really sets this fight up to the next level. It's, like, in a fight in which no one does anything even mildly, like, impressive. From the woman throwing the drink to start it off to this just, like man versus the world and everyone's just having sort of like a, uh uh i'm gonna punch you uh then amanda's a fucking flying kick and just uh just <laughs> such an impact just like sends this guy forward and then after then there's like more the more ass punching there's like more ineffectual back punching it's really something i'm really happy that we get to have drunk people in public again because i love fight videos fight videos are like the one thing that bring me joy other than <laughs> other than like the buffalo bills it's the buffalo bills punch videos and nope that's it so oh well that's that works yeah so just happy to have him back happy to have like a little preseason fight okay so i think with that we're ready to wrap up episode two of the Tuck Rule, uh, preseason edition. You can find me, Victoria, on Twitter, at DirtbagQueer, doing some shit posts, generally not getting anything done. Uh, Katie, where can the people find you? I am at Kates of Heaven on Twitter. You can app find me there and absolutely nowhere else. Hell yeah. Uh, you can follow the show account at TuckRulePod if you're so inclined. News and updates happen there. We're still working on getting our podcast on more platforms. Uh, Anchor has taken its sweet time on that, but we are up as of this very moment on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. If any of those are uh, services you use, you're in luck. We do have an RSS feed. That's on the Tuck Rule Pod Twitter account. So with the RSS feed, you can plug us into whatever uh, podcasting app of your choice. 
do you want to accuse any other former Big 12 quarterback of eating bussy for dinner to end off this episode? <laughs> Landry Jones eats bussy. <laughs>